Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Can't Teach Size, a hockey podcast. Apparently, we're a hockey podcast. Uh, it's been a minute. Uh, I, I mean, it's been a while since we've recorded anything. We kind of took the off season off. It's the off season. You got to enjoy it, right? Uh, Liz, we're going to do some chatting today about the Winnipeg Jets, you know, our, to both of our favorite teams, of course. Um, first off, it's been a it's been a f- super interesting offseason for the Jets. How are you feeling as we have begun training camp? You and I both went and caught a practice the other day together. How are you feeling on this Winnipeg Jets team? And then we'll break it all down. It can never be a simple answer, can it? Like, I, I want to give you an answer that's like, I'm kind of... At the end of the day, it's like a mid sort of thing, but I actually am feeling good about them. Like I'm feeling fine. Like I, I actually like we'll get into division predictions and things like that in another episode and all that. I I don't feel terrible about them looking at roster projections and knowing that we still have our goalie and things like that. I think they're actually going to be successful this year. That being said, the reason I'm like mid on it is because I think that had they gone a different direction, I would be higher on them four years from now than I am on this current team that we have, if that makes sense. That I, I think I get what you mean. Can, why don't you break that down just a tiny bit more? Uh, what, like, what were you, what were you hoping would have happened this off season? And, and like c- contrast how you felt at the start of the off season to now, you know? Right. Well, I mean, they, they were backed into a corner with the Pierre Luc Dubois thing. And that one, the way they went about that trade kind of set for me the tone of how the rest of the summer was going to go. So we can we can dive in a little bit more to those pieces, but getting back roster players as opposed to assets made it clear that this team still wanted to be competitive without Pierre-Luc Dubois. So to me, that made it a lot less surprising when they chose not to deal Mark Shifley and Connor Hellbuck. So the reason I... I'm kind of like, yeah, well, like all, all those things that I said is that I do feel like it would have been in their best interest to sell Pierre Luc Dubois for parts and then do the same with Hellbuck and, and Shifley and all those guys or whatever and lean on some of these future pieces they have coming up the pipe. Obviously, everyone knows how high I am on Cole Perfetti. Um, <laughs> and then when you have like, it looks like we have some decent goaltending coming up the pipe. That's always been my fear as well is that if the Jets lose out on the window with Connor Hellbuck, they'll never have a window again. And I may bite my tongue on that. It's obviously so early, and that's a lot of pressure to put on those two kids between Dan Santos and Millich. Like, there's some potential down there. So I kind of was on the team of just recoup absolutely everything you can get for these three really valuable players. And it's not obviously um, what happened. So... Yeah, that is, that is, as you say, not quite exactly what happened. Uh, myself, when I look at this Jets team, I, I think you and I, we usually end up having very similar kind of vibes towards the team as as like, you know, in regards to, you know, what, what direction should they go? I think we'll talk a lot about direction here uh, because I think that's that's the big key uh, about this offseason is that, you know, coming into it, it was not really clear how they were going to maneuver out of the PLD situation, how they were going to maneuver with Blake Wheeler, for example, obviously now uh, bought out and with the Rangers um, and how they were going to navigate, you know, if they wanted to try and do some sort of rebuild or rebuild on the fly. And they kind of did a little bit of the retool kind of vibe where uh, again, getting back, you know, Gabe Velarde, uh, Alex Iafalo and, and Rasmus Kupari for, 
Pierre-Luc Dubois, I mean, none of those players, in my opinion, are the exact same caliber. Uh, and and you're not as for sure that they can be the same caliber as Pierre-Luc Dubois. I really like Gabe Velarde. Um, I have I have some questions about the, you know, what he'll be able to do in, in Winnipeg here. Uh, but in general, I am a fan of his. Um, I'm not I just am not too sure to see exactly how this season is going to play out because with the Winnipeg Jets, we all know that they kind of run it on on vibes on uh, how are we feeling uh, this month? Are we feeling like we are going to be a contender? We can be a contender. Um, what I really look when I look at the offseason that Kevin Shovel Dayoff had here, it very much screams to me, give yourself a chance to be good. And I'm not sure that they will be. I, I do look at this team and they are starting to bring me back in a little bit. Uh, there are some key things that I look at around the roster that make me feel more confident than than last year. I think the roster, I'm not sure if I want to say it's better than last year. I would say I have more confidence in the D that's this year for sure uh, with you know the emergence of Dylan Sandberg. But when it comes to the forwards, like again, uh, I, I I really think that it might be a struggle to get you know the same amount of uh, uh, what's the word um, <laughs> production Actually? production thank you um, so yeah so I'm a, I, that's that's where my worries land but in general I look at this team and I go they're gonna make some noise uh, I like that they're giving some more room for Cole Perfetti to come in and play two C this year uh, I think that he is a, a type of player who would be great in the middle of the ice with the, the vision that he has. Um, we've, you know, we hear Mark Shifley pumping his tires already that, uh, you know, he's been, he's been working all this off season. He's put on a bunch of muscle, blah, 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 this and that all the hockey player sayings about the off season, but uh, it's going to be a very interesting season here in Winnipeg. That's for sure. And I, I'm curious to hear uh, your thoughts. So at least for me personally, I always find that um, when it comes to a team, when you're, unsure of how the year is going to go for them to me it usually comes down to their big talent um so for example if the winnipeg jets um had you know kept pure like dubois and kept like wheeler whatever and then traded a bunch of their bottom six pieces it would look very different but i would still expect them to look kind of similar and i think the big questions always fall into um the top part of the lineup so the big notable differences are obviously losing your 2C and adding in some more unknown quantities. I think we like the D I agree with you that there's some more known quantities and maybe we can get into our hot takes after where I think that Neil Pionk, we've probably seen the worst of him. I, I don't think yeah. he's going to to be worse this year. In fact, I think he might get a little bit better. Um, but I'm just unsure. What are your thoughts on kind of how the replacements for Pierre Dubois look and what you think Gabe Velarde in particular is going to bring to the top six. Yeah, I um I actually did a little I I did a bit of watching uh just his highlights again. It's only highlights, so you only get the the key points where things all go right. Um, but Gabe Velarde is first of all a, a huge body. Um, so I think that he will be a he will command a lot of uh like presence on the ice. I think he'll be great. Uh, he seems like he's a bit of a hound on the puck, so it looks like he'll be able to win a lot of board battles, which is something that uh you know I I think we have a lot of players who work well away from the boards, so adding another player who's willing to get into the dirtier areas 
I think is is super key for the Jets. It kind of reminds me of you know bringing Nino Niederreiter in uh, at the trade deadline last year. I mean, obviously it's a different player with Gabe Velarde uh, that is, but um, I I really like his skill set. He's got a, a a great shot. A lot of uh, a good chunk of his goals were just straight up shots from you know top of the circle when he ma- was able to make space. Uh, the one thing I really noticed though, he has great hands in front of the net, and he also because he is a big body he um he's he's able to not only you know fight off defenders he's he's great at tipping pucks he's got a good hand-eye coordination which should fit really well with um the jets defensive or offensive system with running the defense a lot through the uh through the sorry running the offense through the defense 100 um so I, i i think that he will be a welcome addition i would imagine he takes the net front spot on the top power play because that seems to be where he played in in LA and it looks like you know his breakout season it worked really well for him there. Um, I'm really excited to see what he can bring to the table because again he's he's a player who's a bit different from PLD in the sense of you know PLD was a hard worker as well too but I think that PLD sometimes just seemed disengaged a lot and I think that that's what frustrated Jets fans the most right I mean God, you're yeah. as as a PLD stand I'm sure that's the one thing that you kept looking at going come on man I mean you're I'm fighting for you every day I'm putting my life on the line um and you're giving me nothing exactly yeah <laughs> And and as far as you know, Kupari and Ayafalo, Ayafalo is a great defensive, uh, a, a very good defensive forward. He's not going to score a ton of points. And again, my question marks around the Jets are: Are they going to be able to replace the scoring of PLD and Blake Wheeler? Um, but Ayafalo, you know, has scored kind of like he's been like a fifteen goal scorer in the past. Uh, Velarde has he broke out this past season and had like twenty three. I want to say. Um, so hopefully they can replace the scoring with the depth that they have. Um, but my big thing with those two is that they both are are good defensively. If you look at their analytics from last year, they're both great defensive players. And uh, a player that the Jets brought in last year, uh, Vlad Nemesnikov, great defensive player. And he was able to kind of be thrown on a bunch of different lines and just provide a bit of a steady, a guy that you kind of can put with anyone and... Uh, and he'll be, you know, generally good, uh, can kind of cover, uh, for other players. So seeing Gabe Velarde already in the top six with, uh, with Kyle Connor and Mark Shifley, I think that's a good combo for him. Um, but I would have loved to see I- Alex, I follow in that top six. Cause I think that he also can provide a defensive conscience, uh, for a line that is uh, a little more, uh, crazy than, you know, Adam Lowry and Mason Appleton. But, uh, I think that they will provide a lot of things that the jets need this year. Yeah, 100%. And uh, Brady and I were able to catch up with our, our good buddy, Sean, uh, yesterday over at training camp. And he used an analogy um, that I really like when he was talking about defensive forwards and just talking about the concept of treading water. And and we know that our bottom six is capable of treading water, right? Like being defensive, like, you know, they're they're not no one is hurting no one is being harmed by them being on the ice but it's that next step that they have to take and if this team wants to go from okay to good to great um is more production you know lower in the lineup and i don't think it's a big needle mover but it still is a piece of the puzzle um so you're right that i think alex i follow um you know throwing him on like a second line for example if it were to be a fit with some really offensive players could help prop them up a little bit but throwing him on a line with someone like adam lowry which is what we're all expecting who already is really good at that whole treading water piece um and we know that adam lowry can be a little bit of an offensive black hole um and you know it's okay when you have the right configurations in the lineup, but I just am wondering if they bring a similar skill set to a line that needs a little bit more of the areas that they lack. 
Yeah, I I completely agree. And I think I think this is kind of a good transition maybe to talk about just the general um mentality. This wasn't in our notes for what we were to talk about, but I think that it's imp- it's a good thing to talk about is the kind of top 6 bottom 6 vibe that at least I personally am getting from uh, from the Jets when I look at this roster. Uh, currently, I mean, I'll, I'll just read out the lines very quickly. Kyle Connor, Shifley, Velarde is one line. Uh, Ehlers, Perfetti, Niederreiter, Ayafalo, Lowry, and Appleton. And then Baron, Kupari, and Nemesnikov. Um, there's a very clear separation between those top two lines and the third line. So, uh, and, and of course, the fourth line as well, too. So my thing when I look at this Jets team, and and even just the mentality that, that they had with you know the replacements for PLD and Wheeler, of course, uh, is they went quantity over quality, right? Um, so my brain is naturally going, okay, how can we have success with that quantity over quality? And I look at a team like the Seattle Kraken last year. Every every uh, twenty goal scorer, uh, or every player that they had was a twenty goal scorer. Not actually, but uh, I mean, what they had like nine or 10 20 goal scorers. It was something stupid. Yeah, it was crazy. And so, so looking at that, and then and then looking back at the Jets here, um, obviously Gabe Velarde, twenty goal scorer. I follow. I think he's like, a, like again fifteen goal scorer. And that's where again you start to see the drop off. I love that we have Nino Niederreiter again. He's a money in the bank twenty goal scorer pretty much any year. Um, so he's, he, he'll be a welcome addition in the top six there. But again, like, uh, you know, having, for example, like Mason Appleton, a guy who I still think he's got a little bit more to give, uh, offensively, but looking at the line that he's on, he's looks like he's going to be just the, uh, you know, they're going to be the, you know, get this shift over with and make sure that nothing happens. The treading water line, as, uh, as you said, or as Sean said, um, so yeah, so and, and then again, Morgan Baron, Kupari, and Nemesnikov. Again, Kupari, even Bear, or sorry, uh, sorry, Nemesnikov and even Baron. We know that they can put some goals in the net, uh, but hopefully, again, it's used more as you know the, these these lines are used more in a. Um, in, a, in an equal sense, we can't have that fourth line. A guy, a guy like Nemestikov, who's so useful, um, being playing played like six to nine minutes a night. Like those guys got to get a lot more minutes. Um, but unfortunately, uh, that would then take away from the top guys. Um, so uh, you know, coming back to replacing the goals, the last thing I'll say on it, um, you know, when you lose more pieces, it means that the pieces you already have uh, might need to step up. So hopefully, this year we see even more usage of Nikolai Ehlers. Uh, one of the key things when they went on their slide last year was that Nick Ehlers was uh, being used a lot less than uh, than he was in the first half of the season. Um, so hopefully this year, Bones really realizes that he needs to use that line uh, or use him, use that player uh, properly and in and effectively in order to get uh, the points out of him. Um, and it's really just about optimizing the lineup, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think uh, that that leads into a good conversation that I think um, comes down to, like you said, replacing the points and all that that good stuff, um, which I fully agree with. And I think the issue is um, that that two C role that has been a black hole for the Winnipeg Jets since they came back in 2011. Like, I'm serious. Like, I I remember having this conversation for how many years now? Like, Andrew Kopp, Kevin Hayes, uh, like, Paul Stastny, every, like, everyone and their mother has filled in that second C role. And um, obviously, I'm very excited about Colt Perfetti getting a crack at that role this year. Um, He spoke himself, and I totally agree with him, and this is sort of my perspective even before he said it, about the whole idea of giving a player like him more options, more ice, um, and just sort of 
more more space uh, to have a little bit more impact on the game, which is really fantastic. And I do think he has um, the potential, but he's still a very unproven quantity. Like, and obviously I'm very high on him as most people are, but that doesn't mean that he couldn't still very much disappoint us or very much not become the player that we want him to be. Um, because the 2C on a line with with player, like especially a player like Nikolai Ehlers, like that's not necessarily a, a chance for success for everybody. Like you need to be ready to to match that speed, to put the pucks where they need to be, and you know, also play against likely most other NHL teams, you know, second lines. Mm-hmm. We often see the one three, one three, and then the two two split when it comes to matching. So if that's the case, um, you know, you have to fall back defensively, which, uh, you know, Cole Freddy is very good at, you know, puck management does a lot of things really well, but uh, caved in a zone with with him and Nikolai Ehlers and the wrong pairing, uh, you know, there, there could be some, you know, room for some red flags to jump up there and stuff like yeah. that. So I think there's a lot of unknown quantities around this player coming in in that role. And it's not just what he'll do, but it's how it'll affect people around him. And I don't want to put that much pressure on him. But, like, there is a chance that if he has Nikolai Ehlers on his wing or, you know, whoever else, if they start moving things around, that that person, you know, tanks. Or they soar, and that's my hope, and that's mm-hmm. what I, I think Cole Perfetti has, has the ability to do. But it's not just the unknown that is him. It's the unknown that is the entire second line when you put someone like him there. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, again, like, looking at him and his usage previously, like, he previously has had pretty decent defensive numbers when you look at his analytics. But that is when he was been playing with, you know, last year he was playing with, like, was it PLD and Wheeler, right? Again, I want to say mostly Connor when he was playing. Wasn't it the three of them? I think or it's, I think it's, it's he, he was with Wheeler for a, a while. That's all I remember. Um, okay. Because at the start of the year, it was supposed to be the the super line, the uh, the Connor Shifley Ehlers, and then I think it was Wheeler Dubois right. and Perfetti. And again, like he's he's had good defensive uh, metrics in the past, but again, that's while playing as a winger on a line with you know guys like Blake Wheeler, who teams might be going in, you know, watching the video, going, okay, this is a player who. Maybe isn't as as fleet of foot. Uh, we can maybe maybe by putting pressure on him, kind of expose him a little bit more. So then naturally more attention gets put to him. Oh, Pierre Luc Dubois, we got to put more attention on that guy. Whereas Cole Perfetti, you know, teams aren't coming into this going, we have to shut down this one guy. Um, whereas now this year, putting him into a two C role, like that's a very important spot and he's going to get you know if he is able to get the success there and maintain that spot he's going to get a lot more of a spotlight from the other team's defenses in their preparation in this and their that right so uh so yeah like i think that he is up for the task i don't think that you need to be the most uh you know the fastest player to be a centerman um i do really like the pairing of him with nikolai ehlers Uh, previously i wanted him with uh with kyle connor but now in while he is playing center i think giving him a winger who you can just kind of Pass the puck to and and he'll get you out of the zone. Um, I think that that is perfect for Perfetti. And again, putting him in the middle gives him so much more room to, uh, you know, as he said, more vision, more ability to make plays. And that's his his strong suit. So uh, I I really hope, you know, I'm a big Perfetti fan as well. I got my got his jersey, you know, back here somewhere. Um, so I really hope that he can succeed in that role. And if not, you know, Gabe Velarde is still was previously a, a centerman as well, too. So you can try him there. Uh, Vlad Nemesnikov can always jump up from that fourth line. Morgan Barron used to be a C. I'm not saying he's going to jump into the two C, but I'm saying if you, you know, if you mix things around, there's a lot of uh, potential centermen on this team. Exactly. Um, but yeah, that that's how I feel on on Perfetti. Because I, I really think that this is going to be a key season for him. I would peg him as a breakout player. 
uh, this year. I mean, he kind of oh, yeah. already had a, a you know a good season previously. Uh, I just hope he can stay healthy. Like that's my big thing. I really hope he can stay healthy. Uh, but the Jets are never able to st- stay healthy. <laughs> so no, for sure. And I think. Uh, um, I actually I like kind of the skill set of that line you, and you brought it up briefly earlier, but I think it's something that we can never speak enough about um, when it comes to how the Jets funnel so many shots through their defensemen, but have awful net front coverage in the offensive zone. Like it's just a weird thing that should go hand in hand, but doesn't for them. And I think if you have uh, Cole Perfetti dishing smart pucks, um, you know, you're going to have better shots just across the board. Um, but also just like looking at the forward line alone, like Nino Niederreiter is able to take that net front role a little bit more. Cause you, you called him this yesterday, Brady, when we were together, he is a very like meat and potatoes hockey player. So um, if you have, you know, as you mentioned before, Gabe Velarde can, can take those shots and all those different kinds of things and like a little bit more of a, a strategic shooter and things like that. So if you have Cole Perfetti, who's got guys in every spot, obviously he's got the defenseman and you've got someone down low um, in the actual offensive zone who can shoot in Velarde and Perfetti himself, if he feels like letting it rip. And then, you can plunk that extra guy and not to call Nino Niederreiter an extra, but maybe in this case he is. Um, also, I realized I started going and I started talking about Velarde instead of Ehlers, but you know what I mean, where you have, you know, Ehlers who can who can stay in a spot and shoot. Velarde would be the same way uh, if you were on this line. Like, I'm not, um, it's not super specific to either of them, but you have options. So now you can throw Nino Niederreiter in front of the net when you have some of your most strategic shots coming through and hopefully a couple more banging and crashing goals down there too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you want to hop over maybe to the defense here or do you want to continue on with the forwards? Cause I think that we've kind of uh, covered the entire forward side of things. Yeah. The only thing left on the forward group is that I think we had, there actually is one area that you and I do disagree a little bit that we didn't talk about too much, which is just who falls onto that third line wing with Aya follow and Adam Lowry because I am team Morgan Barron uh, and maybe you are too, but you're more practical than I am. And you're like, it's going to be Mason Appleton, but I think this team really likes Morgan Barron. I think they're going to give him yeah. a crack and I think he has more offensive output uh, and a higher ceiling than Mason Appleton does. I agree with you that we probably haven't seen the best of Mason Appleton yet, um, but I don't really feel like it's going to be enough to justify that spot. And I really want Morgan Barron to, to sit up there. Yeah, absolutely. I like for me, like I, I am not the biggest Appleton fan. I'll just be honest with you. Uh, I think that he is decent. He's, I think he's a good treading water. I think he's a totally average, fine third line guy. Um, but I look at the third line right now and you have, I follow and Lowry and there's a both high defensive guys, I would say. So I think that adding a guy like Baron, I, I actually completely agree with you. When I first saw the lineups come out, actually, um, I wanted Nemestikov to be with Lowry because I thought that last year that they had a, a really good connection that I thought was uh, not really utilized properly um, or not not utilized properly, but didn't get the chance to to utilize for long enough uh, just because of the the injuries that were at uh, center as well as uh, moving um uh, Shifley to the wing and putting Dubois up there as well. Um, so I would have loved to seen Nemeskov be on that on that third line over Appleton. I think he's you know kind of a fourth line guy, but um, it is what it is. Uh, but I am also a big fan of uh, Morgan Barron. Uh, and and uh, you know what, this kind of leads me into uh, I guess you know we're talking Lowry, we're talking Barron. Do you want to talk a little bit about the uh, the captaincy? How yeah, you, I mean, how do you I, feel I about Lowry? Have... I don't have a lot, um, you know, more to say that I feel like hasn't been said by a lot of of people because my my sort of takeaway is always deeper and more like 
nuanced than it needs to be. I, I can never say, well, I like it or I don't like it. Um, I don't like the direction the Jets chose. I didn't want them to name a captain this year. I wanted them to sell off a lot of their assets. I wanted them to name someone when they are ready to, you know, step up and, and you know, actually have a good solid team like a Rucker McGordy or, or a, you know, Cole Perfetti as captain sort of thing. So that's why I disagree with it. But as far as like, if you're going to do it right now on uh, maybe this is a good segue into the defense a little bit as well. Like I I'm happy they gave it to him over Josh Morrissey. And I know that's a little bit of a hot take, but I think Josh has had a lot going on in the last couple of years. And he had an amazing season last year. And I think if you threw the, the burden of the captaincy, and I know it's not entirely a burden, but at the end of the day, it is a burden. It's an honor as well. And there are a lot of good things that come with it, but it is fully a burden to have that kind of tied to you at all times. Um, and I think it would have, I think it would severely impact him uh, and maybe not so much his output. Like no one's expecting him to have the same season as he did last year, as far as, you know, actual points go. Um, but I think Adam Lowry is a guy who can, who can handle it. You're, you get what you get with Adam Lowry. You're going to have 30 consecutive games where he won't score a goal. And that's not going to change because of the captaincy. And he's a player that I think the, the risk of throwing that additional um, like, you know, the, that additional, like role basically on him um it's not going to have as much of an impact on the team um kind of just across the board it's a little bit more of like a neutral move uh so that's kind of my take on it yeah and and i actually will will take and expand upon the the neutral move that's why i don't like it personally like i i am totally fine with it i to be very clear i like adam lowry i think adam lowry will be a great captain i think he deserves it uh i there's no anything i'm saying right now has nothing to do with adam lowry i think he's fantastic i love him i'm glad he's a jet bit of an expensive contract it is what it is um for me though more it's the it's the symbolism of it it's the uh it's it's what it signifies for the team and again it my frustrations with this past offseason, despite all the good things I've said about the Jets this year and their potential uh, and this and that, uh, I I just don't see a world where the Jets are winning this year, like winning the cup this year or next year. Uh, and so really my whole thing was, you know, for the future, do everything you can for three years from now. I think you had a very similar uh, take to me, to 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 myself in regards to that. But uh, for me, like I think that Josh Morrissey symbolizes a lot more the way that this team is moving and the way that I think a lot of the fans want the team to move. Um, and and also, like again, I just I I it frustrates me a little bit when I when I think about. There's now a little bit more significance given to Lowry. Like it, I think that that um, That's no a big piece too. no no roster spot should be uh, uh, you know it has to be this player here. It has to be this player here. I think everything should be fluid. You you reward the players who are playing the best and playing the hardest, uh, while you know you should you know penalize the players who don't want to give it their all, who aren't uh, playing that well, uh, or sorry, not penalize, but try to figure out what would work better for them. And you know, I look at Adam Lowry, and he's a you know a third line center on our team, on a contending team. He's probably a fourth line center, and. I feel like this kind of just cements his role as the third line center even more. And even if we go back to when the Jets were uh, a very, very good team, when they, you know, the the 27, 18 years, sorry to bring it up and make everyone sad again. Uh, But we go back to those years like uh, Lowry was playing a 
fourth line, but also kind of a second line role. I don't know. It was really weird, but weird times. They had, they had three scoring lines and a shutdown line. Uh, And, and essentially um, (laughs) when I, when I look at this here, like I just don't want there to be a case where maybe Morgan Barron uh, is playing his way into, you know, some third line minutes, but you can't move this guy. You can't move that guy. Uh, Rasmus Kupari, who's going to be the fourth line setter. If he comes out and has a great start to the season, I think that you should be able to reward that and give him the chance to have more minutes and be able to play on the third line in quotes. Um, That's really more the the like just some of the frustrations with it and again i think that the the what it represents for the team is picking adam lowry is a very winnipeg jets pick oh my god yeah right and and you know and what are the winnipeg what is a winnipeg jets pick a winnipeg jets pick is safe a winnipeg jets pick is you know concerning of the future but also not really concerned to not at the expense of today exactly and that's more my frustration and again to be clear i i I am very happy i think adam lowry deserves it uh and hey Mm -hmm. maybe maybe in in three or four years when his contract's up uh someone else maybe josh morris he has grown into that role a little bit better uh maybe one of the younger guys has stepped up uh i know you're thinking in your head right now Liz cole perfetti uh maybe we'll see one day i want Rutger. or rutger sorry rutger mcgrordy of course um but yeah, so so maybe maybe in a, in a couple of years it gets handed off and he he can even stay with the team. Maybe this is a move to make it so that Lowry wants to resign in I don't know whatever three years for a, a cheap deal because he's just happy to be here because he and he likes it. He's he's made his 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 money and made his bread uh, and made his home here in Winnipeg. And uh, most players don't want to leave move right so yeah well you said it that's the winnipeg way is the just happy to be here but i think i think the biggest thing and then we can you know move on from this is that that concern that you have is just it's not founded in nothing right because i think that was the big thing with with blake wheeler was that they're different players but blake wheeler was a second line player when like in the time of his captaincy um who probably should have been in a third line role, but then he stayed at that second line role when he should have been in a third line role. And we, most of us believe it's because of the captaincy. You just bump that down by a number. Adam Lowry is a fine third line player right now, but I am concerned that if it comes time, like you said, for him to be a fourth line player, they're going to keep him there and it's going to be at the expense of others. So that's always a fear because we've seen it happen already. And we know that this team is capable of doing that. So it always is just like kind of like a nagging whatever, right? So you're right. Most of this, none of this, frankly, is about Adam Lowry. It's all about the team and it's always about the team. So that's why it's hard to be like, oh, I don't really like it because the guy rocks. He loves Winnipeg. He does so much good work here. Yeah. Like everything about what he does with the Toba Center is like, oh, absolutely. Dick taps. Like, fuck yeah. Like, it's so good. Like, it's, it's excellent to do those things that actually really have an impact on the community that you live in. Like, I just, I, I think very highly of him. So that's why it's always like with an asterisk when you start talking about why you struggle with it. Yeah, I uh, yeah, again, I I think you addressed it perfectly. It's not about Adam Lowry at all. None of my criticisms are towards him. I think he's fantastic. I love him as a player. I love him as a guy. He's a great dude. Uh, Happy he's my on our team because he's also he's a guy who's going to go in there and drop the gloves and you know. But no, but but yeah, I think it is very good to highlight the work that he does in the community. And that is certainly a very, very important thing uh, to consider here. Absolutely. 
Because that's what and, you want in a captain is someone you can you can trot out to to you know represent the city that you live in. And it's somewhere like Winnipeg where you know you're a sports person, but you're also mainstream media and entertainment because that's what sports are. Yeah, here. yeah, absolutely. And and again, you know, comes when it comes down to it, uh, <laughs> I lost my train. <laughs> lost my train of thought i'm so sorry i got a notification on my desktop and it, it completely lo- uh, made me lose my train of thought. whatever oh Always oh happens. no no i got i got i'm sorry i'm sorry uh when it comes down to it if there's any player that you're gonna bet on uh <laughs> you're gonna bet on to stand up and go cut the shit guys i would say it's adam lowry so you know also what also true also true i'll take it i'll take it for the next wave of of, of jets players you know maybe that's what they were thinking he's the guy who is gonna make sure shit doesn't get bad and shitty like it was before so you know, I'm not in the dressing room. I don't know how it goes. I don't know who's the loudest, but I would guess that Lowry's one of them. Anyways. <laughs> uh, okay, well, we're getting... It, it's already been 32 minutes here. Uh, the D pair, you know, coming to this year, we'll, we'll just briefly chat the D, D pairs quickly and then maybe uh, maybe quickly the Shifley and Hellbuck contracts. We'll see what we want to get to. Uh, do you have any preference for either of those? Yeah, I mean we we're we're talking pretty actively about roster players right now, so maybe we can we can touch on that. I don't expect the decor to look any different this year than it did last year. Um, but if there's one thing about me, it's that I love psychoanalyzing training camp. I don't go to yeah. watch hockey; I go to try and read everybody's mind. Uh, and Brady and I were looking yesterday at, at some of the pairings and things like that, and. You know, you have Josh Morrissey babysitting um, Salmonson because Salmonson is someone who needs babysitting, but also has the highest ceiling of most of the people who need babysitting sort of stuff. Um, He's exciting. Oh, I love him. I'm obsessed. Um, One of the most like notable pairings to me, and it wasn't one that we were able to watch because we watched the wrong group, um, is Logan Stanley and Kyle Capabianco. To me, those are two guys they've, written off if i'm being completely honest with you that's what that pairing tells me i don't believe it because it's logan stanley and because it's the winnipeg jets but the fact that billy hanala is with nate schmidt um makes me believe that they want to give him more of a chance and more of a leash than they want to give logan stanley which is the right call (laughs) wow you would say that. you're biased in this matter we all know we all know you, logan stanley uh we all know where your your uh <laughs> your allegiances lie here um but no i i completely agree and that was as soon as they announced the the teams um what i found the, again the most important things that i found was that uh schmidt uh demello and dylan were all in a group with chisholm Hinola and Bauer. Yeah, Bauer. Yeah. Not not that I think that Bauer has a, a huge shot of, of usurping uh Hinola and Chisholm, but uh especially considering waivers el- eligibility and all that dumb dumb shit that we all know uh is important to the Jets because they've refused to clear out <laughs> any room. Um but yeah, so so this year I, again I, I I do completely agree with you. Uh, we're going to say it again, maybe put a put a little quarter in the Hinola jar of maybe this year. But uh, I, I do agree with you that I think that he'll get a little bit more of a shot this year. Um, it seems like just based off of, again, what you're we saying, the 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 pairings that, that they had, um, he has potential to potentially make it onto the roster. Again, they get, is it 8D slots usually, uh, at least with this team? Um, so my guess would be obviously the top six is kind of, you know, signed and signed and shut and 
signed, sealed, and shut. Um, with having Morrissey, DeMello, Dylan, Pionk, Sandberg, and Schmidt all there. Uh, and then you get your last two guys, and it's probably gonna be, I would guess, I would guess they wave Cabo Bianco. They might still keep Stanley. Uh, just because he's not waivers exempt. Uh, and also they might be able to trade him for something. And, you know, he's already requested a trade and blah, 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 all that stuff. Um, but if you do that, then you have to send Hanola down and Chisholm will have to stay with the, with the squad because, uh, he is not waivers exempt anymore either. So that's the big thing. I think the Jets learned from the whole Kovacevic situation last year that, um, you know, that you can't just be throwing young, defense defense who you've been developing uh for years onto waivers uh because you'll lose it and they'll cut it'll come back to bite you eventually um yeah no so i think i hope they hard. learned that is <laughs> yeah no well you, you never know i think the thing that's just kind of disheartening about it all is that like you said that that top six is done like that that's yeah. it those are the guys and so when you have all these guys like it's not like there's a rotating sixth spot that you can run them through and all these different kinds of things because they tried that someone won it and then that was it yeah like there's no other you know room for that and it lost them kovacevic which i think at the end of the day is probably a, a non-issue like yeah it's but fine it's, but it's it... more the principle of the thing and it's gonna keep happening uh and like logan stanley to me is textbook seventh offenseman i actually don't yeah. mind him whatsoever as the seventh offenseman throw yeah. him in every six games or whatever someone's if he hurt you, sure or, Cool. I don't mind. I don't care about that. Obviously, everyone knows my whole issue with him has been what has happened at his expense. It's not um, anything about the player. It's, it's just what him. he signifies. Exactly. <laughs> so that's why, um, you know, Logan Stanley in that particular role, I don't mind whatsoever. But yeah, like between Hanel and Chisholm, like that's it's it's not going to look good for somebody. Um, so it sucks. And I, I don't know what the answer is because that's always the other thing. Um, it's maybe you don't trade for Dylan and Schmidt, uh, in the same summer when you know that you have all this coming up the pipe when the, those guys have term and, you know, like, I don't know what the answer is or what the answer would have been. Um, it's just unfortunate, but every team yeah. has their unfortunate. So I can't pretend that the Winnipeg Jets are the worst, you know, team in the world at, you know, X, Y, Z or anything like that. They but are, it, it's just. I'm kidding. <laughs> but they are. Anyways, that's the end of the story. Yeah. So it, it, it is what it is. And I, you know, we're not sitting here being like our team is the worst, but it is something to acknowledge. And it's a point of contention for, for a lot of people. For sure. Yeah, it's, it's tough. We'll see who ends up getting uh, the short end of the stick, but uh, I really, be. it'll be Villy. It'll be Villy at least to start the season. And then it'll be till December. And then it'll be till the end of next season until he's not waivers exempt. And then, and then, yeah, and then we face the music. All right, let's get this kind of wrapped up here. Final things. Uh, who stays and who goes? Shifley, uh, Nino Niederreiter, and Connor Hellebuck. All expiring deals. Who stays, who goes? Who signs? Who walks? Do they trade? Do they don't? Okay. Give me answers. Here's how I play the year out to be. Um, no one gets traded because the Jets finish in a playoff spot and as we learn from the florida panthers hashtag just get in and i yep. think the winnipeg jets are the perfect team to be like ah oh, yes just get in because that's what they're excellent at doing is just getting in so i don't foresee anyone getting traded that being said if they're in a pinch or whatever nino niederreiter is the first one to go 
uh, unless the phones are ringing off the hook on Connor Hellebuck and they make an offer that they can't refuse. Yeah. However, I have a feeling they probably got a couple of offers that they shouldn't have refused this summer, so I don't know what it would take. I don't foresee any of them getting traded. I yeah. do think before the trade deadline comes, we get a Mark Shifley extension. I Ooh. see it coming. Um, and I also, and I'll be completely honest with you, like, I I think there might be a Connor Hellebuck one too. I think Nino Niederreiter um goes. I like and that's, I don't know. It's yeah, kind of a non-factor. I I think they 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 take the risk on that one. And if they lose it, yeah. I don't think they give a shit. It's, it is yeah, what it but is. They traded him for what a second or something. A, like a that second year. this year coming up. Right. So it's it's kind of whatever. And I, I like the guy. Don't get me wrong, but it's whatever. I I think they both stay. And maybe I'm just being optimistic because if we couldn't trade them for assets when we could get a full year plus, you know, last year when we knew this situation was coming up, hopefully it means we get, you know, we don't lose them for nothing. But I, I don't know. I don't think, I don't think Kevin Shavel day off is anyone's fool. So I feel like there's something kind of cooking here that, and I don't think it's fully just that he's willing to take a gamble on this team and that they're going to win a Stanley cup this year. And then he's okay with them walking. I don't think it's that shallow. I feel like there's something else happening or they're getting ready to do i i think they might both get extended yeah i i i unfortunately agree with you i when i look at this team i think they're good enough uh when and maybe this is a, li a little a little tease because we're going to be recording some uh some standings previews shortly uh, i have the jets making the playoffs um and and you know what i'll i'll spoil it i have them in third place in the central which is oh crazy. I know. I know, right? Uh, I hope. Uh, I, I hope I'm right. Maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? Uh, this but division look, also stinks. Yeah, our center. Our, yeah, exactly. The who knows? The Blackhawks can make it this year. Uh, hey, Connor Bedard is is a is a madman. Anyways, that's a that's a different recording. Uh, coming back to the Jets here. Yeah, like I look at at these guys and. It seems like the Jets have, in regards to re-signing the two big guys, the Shifley and 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 Hellbuck, uh, I think they are both dependent on each other. In my opinion, I don't. Th I there's absolutely no goddamn way Hellbuck Hellbuck re, re good grief, I cannot speak. Hellbuck re-signs if Mark Shifley doesn't. Uh, there's no and and I can see a scenario where Shifley resigns without 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 hellebuck but i think that if he resigns i think that is is very key and very important for hellebuck um but also this year uh i i also think that you know if things start going not great if if there are some injuries if if things just don't go according to plan uh i think mark shifley is the like ooh, oh my goodness what a a uh a candidate to one get better offers than you were getting in the off season because i think everyone kind of has this weird sullied uh reputation thought around him um so weird whereas and like don't get me wrong i understand he's he's kind of a bit of a baby he's a bit of a suck uh and he is kind of annoying he doesn't play defense this and that but he scores a lot of goddamn goals and i think as soon as the season so starts as soon as the season starts, I think that that will come up and that will be very, very clear to other teams is that, you know, if you can straighten him out, he is potentially uh, a top, you know, 10 center, sometimes 10 top 15. Uh, and if you ha are are just flush with riches in, through on the center position, he can play wing as well, too, uh, just like almost any centerman can. 
Uh, so, Sorry, any NHL team that is considering the playoffs, if you could bring in that guy for oh, half absolutely. retained, oh my god, that is the best trade deadline acquisition that we will have seen in the last five years. And this is coming from a Mark Shifley hater. Like, he is so unbelievably effective offensively. Yeah, he's, like, he's very good. He's very good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I, I do think that there is a not, like, I think that if, if the trade deadline rolls around, the Jets are in not a, a great spot. I think Shifley is more likely to be moved than Hellebuck just because I think it's easier. There's a lot more suitors for a player like that. Whereas Hellebuck, while he would make any team better, not every team is going to pay big assets for a goalie. And 100%. If you're the Jets, especially if it's like Dallas or whatever, Dallas would do super well with, you know, bringing in Mark Shifley, but it, it just wouldn't make sense for them to bring in Connor Hellebuck. I do think it might make them better. Uh, but yeah. honestly, there's no even guarantee of that, but it wouldn't make sense. But Mark Shifley, no team shouldn't trade for Mark Shifley. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, I, I think Shifley at the end of the day, I think he resigns. He feels like a, a career jet. Um, I feel like there's some sort of, you know, uh, like we have to give some signification to uh, the, you know, the fact that he is the first pick. He even mentioned in one quote that he is open to resign. Like this was even in the off season when he was not as, as spry on the idea. Um, he even mentioned that he was, you know, he, 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 he gives some credence to players like Iserman, who was his favorite growing up, who played their entire career with one team. And so I think that he might, you know, there's a part of him that wants to stay here despite everything. Um, and and I would not be surprised to see the Jets give out the Blake Wheeler contract to him or something of the sorts. Um, and also, like, you know, we can't not not mention the fact that he has, you know, significant ties to Dale Howarchuk. Yes. And that and that will mean a lot to both the city, the organization, him uh, all around. So I, I think that it's kind of it makes a lot of sense to bring him back in the sense of the optics. Uh, the direction of the team is a whole other story, and it's far too long to get into. Again, I think we've already kind of chatted on it. But yeah. um, I'll be honest, if we resign either of them, I feel a lot better about the team going forward over the next three to four years but that means though you got to make it work while Shifley isn't is isn't getting that old while uh you know Hellebuck is also not getting that old and uh and while your new players are coming up your young studs uh are still on their their darling contracts uh they got to make room for players to come in and make a difference at a lower cap hit if you want to be a contending team but yeah I don't know is there anything else to really chat on there I think that's pretty much it that's kind of it. Like, obviously, you and I haven't chatted uh, Jets a whole ton uh, over the course of the summer. We've been trying to do some more, like, you know, league-specific stuff or whatever, but we both kind of agreed that we had a little bit of a void uh, since throughout the season. Obviously, we have uh, the SDPN outlet where we get to talk about the Jets on the reg, which is super fantastic, and we're really excited to get that uh, started back up. So uh, we kind of like to use this as our our sort of platform to, to discuss beyond the Winnipeg Jets. So we'll have more content, um, you know, about league specific storylines or, or concepts or all those different kinds of things kind of as the year goes on. But uh, for Jets specific content, uh, Game Over is the place to be. To, Game to Over check all that out. Winnipeg. SDPN YouTube channel. Make sure to subscribe. Uh, obviously our own Canty Size uh, YouTube channel. Please do subscribe if you're watching it there. Thank you so much for watching the video. I apologize. My camera died in the middle of this. So I'm I swapped to a different one and my lighting's all messed up, but that's fine. I'm definitely not freaking out about it at all. Um, you're still beautiful to me. 
Thank you. I appreciate that list. I actually do. I really do. Um, <laughs> but anyways, uh, thanks for tuning in uh, at NHL Chunky, at Liz Hood, uh, at Canty Size. Uh, check out Game Over Winnipeg. Thank you all for watching. Have yourselves a wonderful day. Like the video. Subscribe. Blah, 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 blah.